0: Welcome to Hero Asylum Movie Reviews, I'm Kane, on the other side of the building is Mike. Good evening, sir. Hola! How's everybody doing? Hey, how's everybody doing? We gotta wake up, at Sunday afternoons, or Sunday evening as we do this. In the shank of the evening, as some people would say. We're doing another one of our movie reviews,
1: continuing the James Bond theme. And Mike, introduce what movie we're doing. We this- are doing a pick of yours, by the way, um, cause I was not a fan <laughs> and still am not a fan of A View to a Kill, uh, 1983 movie. Uh, in fact, the last of the Roger Moore movies mm-hmm. and, uh, also the last of, uh, Lois, who, uh, played, uh, Miss Moneypenny. It, this was also her last movie and cause she had done 23. Uh twenty three years as as uh Miss Moneypenny. Yeah, Moneypenny was in a little long tooth at this point, so um so was so, Roger. So, yeah. So it was right. So. <laughs> well, how was Roger was He was fifty hold on, I had them – I I pulled that up because uh he was uh, fifty seven during the filming, uh, making him the oldest Bond actor. Uh Connery was fifty two at the same year when he did remember we were talking about that, that uh, Connery did another Bond S movie. Am I putting my quotes up, folks? That didn't fall under the standard Bond, but it was Never Say Never Again. That came out the same year as this. And Connery was uh, 52. Oh,
0: okay. That's, yeah, I'm looking at him. Dang, he was older.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, even Roger Moore was kind of like, I really kind of don't – and he didn't really want to do it because of kind of like his age. Even Connery made the comment. He's like, no, Bond needs to be in his 30s. That's just – that's because of the, the age of the character – the type of activity the character you know you know goes on, um, and then of course you know when you look at like the love interests. I mean, in this one he had four love interests, and you know the two major ones, uh, Tanya Roberts and Grace Jones. They were both you know only maybe in their thirties by that point. Early yeah, maybe mm-hmm. early twenties actually. I think for for Tanya Roberts, but yeah, it's just like really. It, it was a pushing point. Now what's interesting though, uh, Timothy Dalton was considered to step in as Bond during this movie, but um that was only if Roger Moore declined. He was ready to go. It was already set in stone. Hey, guess what? You're gonna be you're gonna be the next guy. Which he was. Uh, this one was what, nineteen eighty
0: five or eighty four? No, nineteen
1: eighty three, like I was just saying.
0: Okay. No. Sorry. <laughs> a old. So the next Bond film wasn't until four years later then. Eighty seven, right? That was living in uh, eighty
1: seven, yeah. Yep. Well, you figure they got to let release this one out because I think this came out late '83. Um, let me see what's the date on the actual release date for this was okay mid mid uh, mid. So they had to let this one roll out. So really, um, actually, no, this was '85. Why am I saying '83? I I do apologize. So '85.
0: Oh, oh well, I was just guessing because I, I knew
1: it was around there. So, so no, no. The thing I was reading before was saying oh, that both both this one and the and the Roger Moore one came out at '83. Living Daylights, I
0: think, it was eighty eight. Now that I think of it, filmed at eighty seven. I could be wrong.
1: On no, that. no, eighty seven. You're right on eighty seven. But um, oh,
0: two years later, that was that's a quick turnaround. Yeah,
1: that is actually a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, that, that's kind of surprising me because yeah, I thought this one was because I thought this one came out and so did um, he uh, Never Say Never Again. But it must have been another Bond movie. I was uh, I was thinking of oh, if that came out because I know there was two Bond movies that came out at the oh. same time.
0: This movie was made at the perfect time. It's totally, and, and the reason I kind of dig it, it's just like this movie is basically a James Bond film, but screams 80s, <laughs> everything in it, from the soundtrack to the movie itself, to the aesthetics. It's just, it's
1: 80s. That's why I like it so much. It's stupid. I agree. But there are better 80s Bond movies. I agree. Just to I, tell you, this is just I, horrible I, Bond. I mean, even, <laughs> even you know, more says this is his worst movie. I agree. It's just horrible. I mean, nothing. I mean, granted, the songs are great. Yeah. Like the title song, which is, uh, John Barry and, and, uh, Duran Duran wrote the song together, which by the way, the first, uh, the first James Bond song to ever hit number one in the United States was this.
0: One of my favorite songs. From a view to a kill. Dance, 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 dance. I wonder how much money they made off that song. You know. It was a number one song for a while, I
1: believe. Uh, it stayed top number uh, position for two weeks uh, out of its 17 week run on the chart. So it was number one for two weeks, and then it slowly started going down. Uh, it entered UK charts uh, at number two, and the soundtrack charted, I think, uh, for for a while up to I think uh, where it went to 81 in the charts for in UK, and I think it went peaked at 38 for us here in the states.
0: Because I remember hearing that on the radio a lot.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's the main reason why. I mean, the, most of the casting and the pick for the soundtrack was literally just to get the MTV generation. That They, they even said that. They're like, no, we, we picked everything to get the younger generation to get into Bond. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they pretty much did what they meant to do. They got me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so yeah. look, we're going to go ahead and play the trailer so you guys can hear it. And, yes uh, – your song is in there, so you'll enjoy that. I, found, I made sure I found a, a trailer with a with the song in there. So, here we go. This man has a secret ambition.
0: I propose the end,
1: the domination of Silicon Valley. Project Main Strike. A secret plan. For which each of you will pay me $100 million. And a secret weapon. not sure about her name's mayday someone will take care of you oh you'll uh, see to that personally
0: will you there's only one man who can stop them <laughs>
1: James Bond. And I'm Dick Tracy, and you're still under arrest.
0: In the world of high adventure, the highest number is still 007. his match find out this summer in a view, a, a view to a Chill title song performed by Duran Duran I forgot about that line and I'm Dick Tracy but you're still on under- Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like they say we have Roger Moore as you know James Bond his last time doing this of course Tanya Roberts um, fresh off of I think this was fresh off of a uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, or was or maybe this was first and then she did Sheena. I think Sheena might have been first. That's a that's a deep cut right <laughs>
0: there. Well, about I mean,
1: <laughs> you think about it really. Other than I mean, I, I hate to say it, I love her to death. I mean, yeah, you got Beastmaster. No, yeah, this one uh Sheena, then this one, then Beastmaster, and really after that. She played that's Midge Pinciati in the seventies show. Love yeah. her to death, but what not much else that I can name. I mean, I again there's Charlie's Angels, but not really. I mean, she was I don't think she was in there that long. She was like a, a one season angel.
0: Yeah, well, there was a lot of one season angels after this. Cool yeah. Somebody left. Barr Fawcett left after one season. And then they rotated
1: Angels after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So but you know, that's you know, she, Sheena for me was my, my favorite one for her. I know, I know Beastmaster's in there, but I, I mm-hmm. like Sheena it was nice uh then of course we had uh, grace jones who uh who i believe this was her first she was popular i think she did some kind of music was she oh singing? no no she no she was a songwriter she was a model she probably kind of fell into that that uh that, that uh, iman kind of uh oh, okay. style like she was you know you know she was in that group she was from america but she was Jamaican American, but she, she was a model singer. Yeah, she had a big career. Actually, um, the uh, the song actually for a movie we've already done. Uh, she did before. She actually did a version of Demolition Man from that Sting had done. She oh, really? actually did. Yeah, that was one of her bigger hits that she had that she had done. Uh, and she had uh, she a bunch of UK you know pop hits and stuff like that. But I believe this was like one of her first movies that, that she was in. Not her best. I thought she was better in
0: coming to America. No, not coming to America. Um, Easy there. Boomerang, Boomerang. She was in Boomerang. She was that in boomerang, and what
1: else was she in? Oh, I, I Come mean, on, see. Conan the Destroyer. Oh, I don't like thinking about that. That's <laughs> garbage. <laughs> that was a real change. Hey, guess what? All Conans are garbage. I'm sorry. They uh, they are oh, nothing. Hey, oh, read the books. Trust me, read oh, the books, dude. It is. Oh, they're I'm, all man. garbage. I read
0: the comics. Come on
1: now. Com- Come yeah, on. no, I'm telling oh. you. Even even the first one's garbage compared to the comics. <laughs> Uh of course then we had you know Mr. Christopher Walken uh on this one. Let me see. Where was he at? I think this is right after Dead Zone, you know, so if anybody's familiar with that one, great flick. So that's why he just came off of. he had already done Deer Hunter, The Dogs of War, Annie Hall, but so this one is this one uh, and then uh he's kind of established already pretty much. So still young, but like I uh, who would I kind of put him to, to nowadays? Somebody that's like you you've seen some good work but still really young. Uh, and you know, and you, you're still not sure where he can go from this. But,
0: uh, I was going to say Christian Bale, but no. No, Bale's,
1: Bale's past that point. Yeah. Bale's past that point, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just thought about that now. Um, I'd
1: say Kru- Kruzinski. I think like Kruzinski, he you can, you he's done great material, but he's still young and you don't know which direction he's, he's uh, going to go now. I'm not saying quality of acting, okay? I'm just saying like his point in his career, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I would agree with that. Uh, and that, then uh, of course, yeah, so like I was saying before, we had the last of a uh, Lois Maxwell playing Miss Moneypenny. Now there's something interesting about this, uh, that when she was, uh, when, you know, she was like, you know, apparently, you know, she's, she knows she's older and, and she's done, you know, with it. But, um, she was asked, you know, to, to retire the role and she thought about, she's like, what if we became, what if you promoted me to M? Like she actually mentioned this back then. And the producers like I believe the audience wouldn't accept a James Bond get being given orders by a woman. And <laughs> what do we know? Um, M so becomes a woman worried. by Judy Dench and Golden in 1995. So literally think, a decade later.
0: I think we mentioned that that's your favorite M of all time yeah. is Judy. So oh I yeah,
1: think yeah, because you don't put up with shit. And I think Lois had the right idea at the time. Lois Maxwell had the right idea because push who better to fight against Bond than a former love interest in a way? Yeah. Yeah. like he's like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. You he, just you,
0: basically she knows all his bullshit. Mm-hmm. She said, like, I, I, yeah, I know what you're doing, James. Come on, yep. now. I've been there, like literally. Like that, that would have been nice—a nice little tongue-in-cheek thing. That
1: they still could me. get away with it and say M was. They could, because I mean, what better way, Miss Many Penny M? Because the two—the the, the, the name ends, with – starts her last name? It starts with an M. M.
0: James Bond thing, and I always compare it to Doctor Who. Everybody have a shot, and it is, if you think about it, it's very close to Doctor Go ahead. Go ahead take oh, no, shot. there's water. Don't go ahead. But whatever, you have your shot You get any water. But it's very Doctor Who-esque because they never say what period you're in, and every time the role gets passed down, I mean, they don't have a regeneration or anything like that. But basically, there's always a new Bond. They're like, who's a new Bond? And same thing with the BBC. Who's a new Doctor Who? Or
1: really, let's be honest, isn't Doctor Who really just James Bond? Since technically Bond was around a lot sooner. Okay. You can, you can suck that in and hold that in and, and hold that hate in for a moment. <laughs> but Lois suggested that Miss Money Penny be killed off instead. And of course, they killed that one. So, yeah, there, there were some, I mean, I like her ideas and things that she was like, considering, you know, to doing, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, now we're going to go ahead and get started on the running just running down. Now you will see some familiar traits and some familiar things in this movie cuz the story is considered a reworking of another Bond movie. Goldfinger. F-
0: Goldfinger.
1: Okay. When you actually go, the two movies share very similar story elements. So mm-hmm. just something to to, you know, to think again another reason why I feel I just never. I just never. Other than the like the pop references, that's the only thing that's fun about it. You know, <laughs> that's that I, I dig
0: it. It's just it's a fun. But look at when you. When, when I mentioned this movie, I saw your eyes rolling. Like, oh god, this one. Yeah. And I look at and I agree with you. It's it's a terrible movie, but to me, it's a fun movie. It's a very fun movie. Has a lot of eighties references, which, which I dig. This guy over here, this age, same age as that guy right there. I dig all those references. Even now, I watched it. I think this was a couple nights ago. I still do. It's fun. It's not great. It's not funny. He's either. not my that's favorite that's James that's Bond. That's
1: it's I, I just think I honestly, me personally, I would have picked a, a rep- better representation of him as Bond when we were doing this. I would have gone with Octopussy probably.
0: This was my choice. So
1: yeah, I know. I, I know. It's, it was your choice. I just, you know, I just feel like you know, it's a, it's a little, a little waste. Uh, but we pick up uh, in the nice cold tundra. Emma, um, uh, MI6 agent James Bond is sent to Siberia to locate the body of 003. To recover a Soviet microchip, uh, of course nobody from the cast actually went up north to film this. None of them were there for that for that uh for that filming uh, because <laughs> you have the ever popular horrible green screen that James Bond is uh, known for for most of that time. I I, I just that was just horrible watching it, and I swear I think some of those shots were like like they did like they filmed one thing and then they just spliced it in a, a few more times. Yeah, it, was. Yeah, it, was, it was real bad and then he comes to the to the uh to the submarine that looks like an iceberg that's got the union jack on the inside of the cover uh this one definitely screamed uh you can definitely see that uh, austin powers got something from there this
0: actually could have been an austin
1: powers movie yeah, <laughs> could think have, yeah. it. Yeah. i think mean, they stole all the tropes from this well, film. yeah pretty much most of them yeah so <laughs> yeah. uh Q starts (laughs) analyzing the microchip, establishing that it is a copy of one designed to withstand electric magnetic pulse or an EMP. Uh, Because by that point, all microchips – even still to this day, all microchips are susceptible to EMPs. But this is showing that it it was – this one is not. And it was made by a government contractor named Zorin Industries. Now, at the beginning of the movie, did you notice right at the beginning that that Zorin, it does not – they put like a little disclaimer at the front about Zor- those name of Zorin is not a real person and does not represent. Oh. Because at that time there was, and I don't know if they're still around, Zorin um, designers. They were a clothing company.
0: Wow. I didn't get, I, I totally
1: forgot. I, uh, that one I had to look up because I've never seen that before in a Bond movie. I'm like, why are they throwing this disclaimer up about this one? Normally at the end, they'll throw it like at the end of the credits, they'll throw up the little disclaimer. Hey, if anything – You know, uh, uh, similar to a live or dead person, it's you know just coincidence. They they kind of throw that up at the end, but this was very specific at the beginning, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And I had to go look it up. I was like, "What?" I I told the blind
0: gods and I was like, "I didn't even notice it. That was a good pickup." Yeah,
1: I was just like, because it was at the beginning, I was like, "What's what's that all about?" But okay. Whatevs. So Bond, uh, so, so Bond uh, decides to visit or, or goes with, he goes with Q, goes with Miss Monty Penny, and they all go into a, uh, to the Ascot race course to observe the company's owner, Max Zorin. Now, the role of Max Zorin was originally offered to another blonde haired actor that was pretty popular at the time.
0: Hmm.
1: Mr. Rutger Howard. Who I think, yeah, he would have, he would have added more levity to it. He I would think, have it, added yeah, a lot. yeah, he would have made um, it. Uh, And the description of how they describe Max Zorin in the script was loosely based on Sting, and it was written with David Bowie in mind. And but uh, but uh, David Bowie had turned down the role as well.
0: How many comic book characters
1: or characters have been based off Bowie? Bowie and Sting together, yeah. I mean, there's actually a, there's actually a character that is a mix of both of them together. But yeah,
0: it's amazing. Like you think of this time, like those. I mean, sorry guys, I'm sidetrack, sidetracked. Like th- those two guys, like we've heard these names a lot. Like it's based off Bowie and Sting, Bowie and Sting. A certain era, like you know, Constantine was based off. Was, uh, I think it was Sting or Bowie. Or no, it was,
1: that was based mostly off of Sting. Thing. Um, and then of course you had, uh, like, you know, Iggy pop's body was like for the crow. Yep. Uh, and then you had like Peter, um, shoot, just do a blank on his name.
0: Which one?
1: Peter, the, the, the singer. Um, shit. Hey, Murphy? yeah, Murphy. Yeah. He was kind of the look of the crow. Yeah, um, yeah. Rutger oh. Howard was actually the look when the author wrote it and rice, when she wrote uh, the vampire Lestat in an interview with the vampire Lestat was supposed to look like Rutger Howard. So there, you have really three very iconic.
0: blonde haired guy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that, because
1: well, you got to think. I mean, she wrote it back in the mid seventies. Uh, interview with the Vampire, and that's that was her her thought. You know, I think she had you know just gotten through seeing um, uh, shit. Just do a blank. Um, uh, <laughs> fuck, I'm not was doing it, it. Was it. Nighthawks? No, Let's not Nighthawks. No. Uh, with with him and uh, Harrison Ford, Blade Runner. Blade Runner? Oh yeah, Blade Yeah. Run. So she kind of had that that kind of character for for Lestand. Even like the characteristics from Blade Runner, that's what she—that's what she really wanted.
0: What a great actor Rucker was. But yeah, I think I think
1: it would have been—he would have been great. I mean, it's—he doesn't have the the Walkenisms and things like that, but I think he would have still done really good at that character. I think it probably would have added a darker tone to it as well because what was walking is more like, Hey,
0: like this, he's more like the, you know, he's a, he's a funny guy. You know, he's cool. You know, that's it. That's, but Rutger would add
1: it a darker element. I agree. Well, 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 it's not that he's funny guy. He's got a twist of crazy in him. When you see the laughs, you know, and you have those moments. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, very jokeresque in, a, in his ways uh-huh. when he gets kind of laughy. And we've yeah. seen that so many times. Um, I think probably one of the ones that you, I know you and I always will agree on with him is, uh, Prophecy his prophecy yeah how you know his characteristics you know on uh, playing gabriel and that was just you know spot on horrible horrible movie when it comes to like what it made and everything it's but i just um, i love that as a movie for him him and eric roberts i think were were great in it
0: actually uh Beagle mortensen was in the first one too yeah, Towards he the end. That. he's fantastic yeah. in that oh. yeah
1: playing lucifer yeah it was a perfect role for him and so we put, we're still at the t- racetrack and uh, assert Ga- uh, Godfrey to Tibbet, a racehorse trainer and an MI6 agent. What better thing to do? MI6 agent and racehorse trainer. He's trying mm. to one up Bond. Uh, <laughs> so, but he believes Zorn's horses, which win consistently, are drugged, although tested tests proved na- have proved negative. Now, the reason they think they're drugged is because he doesn't buy like these great thoroughbred horses. He's buying like you know, chop meat. You know. Mm-hmm. So, they're, you know, they're thinking something's going on. He's, it's not breeding or anything like that. Uh, though Tibbet, uh, and Bond meets, uh, with the French private detective, uh, cause he's, uh, Tibbet tells, uh, Bond about, hey, you know, there's a private detective that's sort of been looking into Zorn because not much is known about him. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Frenchman. He's recently bought up a business. Uh, but there's kind of like a, you know, a weird, like, past to him that we don't know just yet. And the, this French, uh, detective, uh, like, I'm not even going to attempt that name. I do apologize. But the French detective and Bond meet up at the Eiffel Tower. Apparently, there's a nice, fancy restaurant in, I- in the Eiffel Tower. I meant to look oh, it up. I... Shit. Yeah, well, that's yeah. where they were. I meant to look it up because it's you – know, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. Well, during this little butterfly show, uh, we see that Zorn's bodyguard sneaks in. Mayday, who's played by Grace Jones, sneaks in and – like. Hey jabs the dude in the neck with a or in the face with like a, a hook i guess i'm assuming there's poison because he dies instantly and we see probably one of the iconic scenes i think from the like any james bond movie I, I will definitely say that that one is in here is when he's chasing her through the eiffel tower up the eiffel tower and she takes that dive off and goes in a you know parachutes off the eiffel tower and then you see probably one of the most silly car chases <laughs> like it, it literally jumps from iconic moment to the dumbest car chase I've seen in Bond where literally mm-hmm. the car is falling apart chunk by chunk it's, it's as he chases it's, after her
0: I'm not going to say it was
1: perfect and it's wrong so but uh so that but it's very interesting uh apparently during the movie there was some intense dislike between uh Mr Roger Moore or Sir Roger Moore and who was uh, barely on speaking terms with Grace Jones during the filming really yeah apparently there was uh, some little tension there
0: a little tiff little tiff happened there.
1: yeah in fact uh there's a scene that comes up later on between those two and uh it was reportedly that Grace Jones had a black dildo with her during the bed scene between uh, those two uh this is according to Roger Moore's biography. So it's kind of interesting thing so <laughs> I don't know if that's where it started but
0: okay.
1: So Bond and Tibbet travel to Zorn's estate where there he's doing this massive horse race at this beautiful French chateau. I mean just beautiful and um well Bond notices a woman visiting Zorn who is uh being written a check for 5 million dollars. This is of course Tanya Roberts' character. And uh, she's uh, basically it's uh, Stacy Sutton is who she is, and she's the granddaughter of a uh, oil tycoon uh, uh, whose company is taken over by Zorn, and that's kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Is sort of the the business of that, or you know, of course, you know that would, of course, it wouldn't be done, you know, by a board member or anything. It's <laughs> the granddaughter, no, the granddaughter. <laughs> and always it's always the hot granddaughter. To yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. very, very young Tanya Roberts at that time. Yeah, it's like I, I always forget because I, I I'm a big 70s show fan and I just forget. I, I know Tanya Roberts, but I just forget, you know, what she, go? You know, how gorgeous she was back in the day.
0: You forgot that she was a youngin'. So I, yeah. I, I, I forgot Tanya was young too, but you know, Tony get old? Rest in
1: peace, Tony. So at night, Bond and Tibbet break into Zorn's laboratory where they, uh, where he is, uh, um, uh, implanting adrenaline releasing devices into the horse so that's how it's you know that's how the horse is winning uh zorn identifies uh bond after this <laughs> great horse race that he takes uh he like zorn's like hey why don't you come out uh you know we're gonna run the track you know straight you know the uh the the obstacle course with the horses you know of course you know it's set up to where like the, the, the one jump is lower when zorn jumps and then it jumps you know raises higher when bond goes over and of course the, there's a whole bunch of thugs riding horses
0: too, <laughs> which <laughs> ridiculous, man. But come on, like they all knew how to ride. The yeah, whole, <laughs> the evil headman who can ride a Come on, yeah. get him.
1: That was a little okay. That was a little silly. So we, uh, so at, by that point, um, when you know they they've now discovered that who who he is because he he was a uh, Sinjin Smythe is how he was uh, you know presenting himself, James Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> so he, he finally identifies Bond as a, as a double agent. Um, and, and has made a assassinate Tippet because a cool scene. That's a, that's another iconic scene when I think of John, James Bond from the eighties is that scene where, you know, Tippet takes a, takes a, of course, you're going to take a Rolls Royce into a car wash. <laughs> and so he's in the car wash and you see what, you know, the flippers go up and also you see the shadow come out from behind the, uh, back seat and, you know, choke oh. him out. Oh, Lord. Uh, so then we see, um, so you know, we see you know, tip is, uh is murdered, and uh, he also attempts to kill James Bond. And we see what was disproven by the MythBusters: Bond crawling out of the car, cutting off the hot, the tire inflator, and breathing the air out of that. And uh, if you guys look up for that MythBusters, so there's a MythBusters episode that they actually they, they you know test is a lot legit? of. Huh? No. No, nope. nope. okay, I nope. saying. It. I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> no, nope, it was not legit. I think it was too much pressure, and so it wouldn't, it wouldn't sustain him. I think is what happened, if I remember correctly. Well, for starters, you couldn't get your finger in there. Like, I mean, if they, if you clipped it off, like cut it off, or got in there. I used to work on tires when I was younger. There's a tool where you can take out that that pressure gauge that 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 holds the air in but him, the what what he was doing is he was pushing it in and then putting his mouth over and you just you was, get it. Yeah, yeah i always question that point yeah. like
0: wait a minute like uh like i didn't know about i don't know not a big genius on cars i know enough to get me by probably but like that it's like wait a minute there's a lot of pressure in those tires like just breathing it in like that i don't think it's gonna sustain you for that long and if anything it's gonna be too much it could over inflate your lungs right it could you could almost could you suffocate on that or no am i wrong
1: what and stuff like you No, know, I mean you just probably gonna get too much water in your mouth and in your lungs. Oh, you don't know? okay. really get a lot of because it's bubbling out. You mean yeah, it's just the way he was doing it. But yeah. again, it's movie magic, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. I thought I always thought it was a cool thing. I think in that one they also were testing if diving underwater and people shooting at you if that could slow down the bullets and not you know make you you know. You know, yeah because there are sometimes when you see it and the bullets go zigging in other times you see it like wiggling or through the air you know through the water so they, they did that they did a whole bunch of i think they had there were two episodes where they did that you know i gotta watch the one especially with the bullets underwater
0: because there's i don't think a bullet can hit you in the water can it no
1: because it will be – there's like it's it's freaking water. i think it hits you and it like you didn't go too far it like just like hit the first part of the skin or something i i it remember they had it they had one of their gel dummies in there and they were just you know shooting <laughs> i think there there was a couple of guns that could with the force that it was doing it but i think it was like one of those massive sniper guns wasn't there one guy with a harpoon gun down there too or am i wrong i think that was their jaws when they did the jaws uh, uh mythbusters one i think that's the one you're thinking of
0: that's the one yeah because i know the, the harpoon gun can get you but i don't the, the bullets didn't.
1: yeah so uh general uh goglo. Uh, on the uh, of the KGB confronts Zorn for the killing of Bond without permission, revealing that Zorn has was initially trained and financed by the KGB and has now gone rogue on them. Uh, because you meet his his comrade, his friend, at the doctor, and you know he screams crazy German doctor like like you wouldn't <laughs> believe. Uh, you know you just you half expect to see captain you know Captain America in the in the uh, <laughs> in in the Red Skull coming out. When, you know when he's there talking about it. The perfect part. You put, put them in there.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> then, le-
1: so then later, Zorn is uh it, it unveils a to a group of investors his plans to basically destroy Silicon Valley, which will give him and and potential investors and mo- a monopoly over microchip manufacturing. Um, and I
0: interesting idea.
1: Well, yeah, no, yeah very, very Lex Luthor. Very, very, very. Actually, yeah, very Luthor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because he gets all the mono- he gets all the monopoly and that shit, they got to pay him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, just shave his head.
1: I just you know <laughs> just just there's just no Otisville. That's the only thing I think is kind of <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear him talking about Otisville, so I went I Otisville. went to buy
0: Otisville. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so during the investment talk, one of the folks is like, "Hey, listen, I I don't want to be involved in it." So young know, Mayday, you know, picks him up and says, "Okay, well, no problem, you can leave without no any pro- issue." And apparently, he walks out and. We discovered that they're in a in a in a zeppelin flying over, you know, um, a blimp flying over the over the city, and they, this dude just falls out of the out of the bottom. I don't know how they didn't know they were in air, and like, hey, you're gonna leave now.
0: Like I said, you gotta suspend your yeah. major just a little bit.
1: <laughs> so then we go. Bond goes to San Francisco and meets up with CI agent Chuck Lee. Uh, who uh, claims that Zorn is the product of a medical experimentation with steroids performed by the Dr. Carl Morton? So not only is he experimenting, you know, on the horses, but Zorn himself is actually the product of it.
0: Didn't we see this trope in another Bond film? Like, not not, not talking about like it's some it's a trope that I think we see later on with another character.
1: I believe so, but it, it you, really you can throw that back into kind of the Winter Soldier idea that they these people are being you know experimented on because you know to be these you know perfect assassin. I mean, it's it, that is very. It all goes back to the Winter Soldier. It, not thing. just that; I just think it's a very, a very um you know so a, just, a secret agent kind of trope that you know that they're they're always trying to do genetic experiments to improve somebody or improve you know improve that, and it's something that's always been in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you look back, you know, the German, you know, the Germans, you know, again, he's, he's a German, he's a German, mad German scientist. So. <laughs> so, uh, but Bond, uh, investigates, uh, the nearby oil rig owned by Zorin. Uh, and while there, he finds that the KGB agent of uh, Pola Ivanov recording conversation and her partner are placing explosives along the, the rig. So now we're finding out, okay, Bond's sort of like on the side of, of the Russians right now because you know he's Zorn's gone off, you know, all rogue on them. And I mean my enemies my friends those things, yeah. Yeah, so uh and again this is it. in this one we do see Bond with four girls. Remember we were talking about the last one that Bond always has two. This one he he was a player and he he was with four women. Yeah, man. On this one. So I mean, cause you figure the girl at the beginning that that saved him from the ice? Uh you have Grace Jones, you have uh the I Russian girl be... and then no. you have uh Tanya Roberts
0: tanya I think Tanya was the main one,
1: though. Well, but she these, is the like, Bond girl. Well, like if you're gonna be, you know, call somebody a Bond girl, but again, you got to realize he, he had sex know, with it, each of them one great. time, I'm so just, they all are great. Bond
0: girls. To yeah, me. yeah. Well, I was just gonna say. I think uh if you look, and I think it's the, G- the history of James on Wikipedia. They actually list the list of Bond girls. Every yeah, film. they do. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. list uh Tanya and Grace Jones as the only two Bond girls. Yes, there is four, but. I think those well, everything. I think
1: because Grace, you know, later on something you know changes with Grace's character that turns her into that kind of thing. I think anybody good is a is a Bond girl, but I honestly, as a man, yeah, you count all of the women you're with, all right? And so I think that's kind of very bad that we're like, oh, that one's not a Bond girl, but she is a Bond girl. You know, the first one, you don't count the first one as a Bond girl. She was a good, she was one of his one of the agents. Yep, we just don't know who she was, so. That's the, I think the main reason they choose a Bond girl is like the name, the namesake of who's the head love interest. But I think that, I count them all as Bond girls. Yeah, all Bond girls. I agree. I mean, they're all, you know, they're all Jones girls to me. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope.
1: So, uh, so then we discover that, uh, yeah, his, uh, the, uh, KGB is there and they're caught and they are killed. But Ivanov and Bond escape together and later, uh, she, uh, Ivanova takes the recording, but uh, finds that Bond has switched the tapes because they were recording, you know, the conversations. Again, like I was saying, Ivanova is one that spent one of the four with him. Bond uh, tracks down the state geologist Stacy Sutton, the woman uh, that Zorn attempted to pay off, and discovers that Zorn is trying to buy her family's oil business. But he is, you know, actually does
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to travel to San Francisco's uh, City Hall and uh check on Zorn's uh, submitted plans however Zorn who has been uh, alerted to their presence kills uh the chief geologist and um and Lee so we we you know again we, that's another one i think the only one that really is ever with him the cia is uh the one from the Doctor No, and he he constantly repeats uh, Felix Felix Leitner.
0: Felix, yeah, yeah. He's uh, all.
1: I think I think everybody else like gets you know killed off. Lee was one of my favorite ones, other than Felix. I thought Lee was pretty cool. It should have stuck around a little bit longer.
0: Wasn't there a couple that betrayed him?
1: Uh, CIA, I don't think so. There were a couple of uh, MI six agents that you know ended up. Oh betraying yeah, the mi6 him. Yeah, I know. A, come on, I, the, the, <laughs> easy, easy. We got British listeners. Simmer down with what you're about ready to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know. Those damn Brits.
0: It's Pump almost, your brakes. I didn't say it.
1: So, but yeah, Zorn uh, proceeds to fling around a Bacardi 151 all over the city hall and just blow the place <laughs> up. I mean, like, come on, don't be wasting the Bacardi like that.
0: Oh man, you gotta pour it out a little bit. At least get a shot or two. It's so a waste as what do they call that? Waste of liquor, like uh, throwing money away. It's liquor abuse. Liquor abuse. That's it. Oh, it's party
1: abuse. is a party foul on the on the big big level. <laughs> so he sets fire to the building, and and they frame Bond for the murders of of uh, killing Lee and killing the um the uh, the chief geologist there at the same time. Bond uh, Bond and Stacy escape in another sort of iconic chase scene, silly as hell. The chase scene with the fire engine. Oh, so- and then, of course, you know, the police try to arrest oh him. And, that, God, and that's I when we that. get this, the line that you love is, you know, I'm James Bond. Well, I'm Dick Tracy. I don't care. You
0: know. I don't care. You're still under arrest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Bond and Tracy in, uh, infiltrate Zorn's I... mind, discovering that the plot, that the, basically what the plot is, is he's going to detonate explosives uh, beneath the lakes along the Harvard or, or the Hayward and the San Andreas Faults, which will cause them to flood and submerge Silicon Valley forever.
0: A very interesting. Can
1: we can we get that on MythBusters as well? Because
0: I don't think that, that can happen. That's that's movie magic, as Tim Burton
1: would say. Yeah, that's you know a little bit. And that's that's a little, a little yeah, bit bigger yeah. bigger explosion. I mean, I'm sure there would be some damage, and you know, you probably would definitely put Silicon Valley out of business for a while. But I don't know, you know, if the flooding part would happen. But again, it's you know, we, we like like you said at the beginning, we had to suspend you
0: know, your uh, and spend your disbelief. That's yeah.
1: So then, uh, so then we've discovered that, um, so underneath the Silicon Valley, there is a larger bomb also, uh, in the mine to destroy the, uh, geological lock that prevents all the faults from not moving or from, uh, from moving simultaneously. So you take out this one and the rest will move independently by themselves. And basically it's this massive bomb on top of a ton of other, like T- TNT. It's mm-hmm. a room full of bags of, of crap. Uh, so then we see – and this is where about the time I believe uh, Roger Moore made a comment about it saying that one of the things that he feels that this is the the worst Bond movie for him and kind of in over and all, all was the amount of violence that happened here. It was just like so much you know murdering going on. It was, you got to think, Bond never shoots anybody in this yeah. whole movie. The only time he shoots one person – is when he was at St- uh at Stacy Sutton's house, and she and he shoots the guy with the rock salt from the shotgun.
0: That's it, yeah. He doesn't in- kill
1: anybody. Yeah. So, so for him, he's like, it was like Bond doesn't kill anybody, but the the body count in this was so huge that he, he sort of had a problem. He's like, this doesn't feel like a Bond movie to me with a, the with that kind of body count. Granted, <laughs> we're in the mid eighties. We're working with you know somebody that was a Bond you know during the seventies. You know, we're we're used to a lot different things now. You know our We've been desensitized to, to a lot of that through the, yeah.
0: I was just gonna mention, the movies with a book about people that, you know, Bond directly kills himself. His body can be a little bit higher. As we yeah. Before.
1: Uh, so then we see, uh, Z- Zorn and his security, uh, chief, Sarpini, flood the, the mines, killing all the workers. Uh, Stacey escapes, uh, while Bond fights Mayday. And then once all that happens, Mayday soon discover, you know, realizes that, well, Zorn doesn't care about her. You know, she's like, I thought he loved me. Because not only did he try to attempt to kill her, but Bond, but also her her uh, her henchmen, her sub henchmen. I don't know what you would call them.
0: Henchman two
1: Yeah, right. her, her henchwomen, hench uh, women, the two girls that were there with her. You know, they they even died. And so that's there's a moment there when you see you know a, a turn from great you know J- Grace Jones's character because she was doing it because she felt Zorn you know loved her, and? and yeah, there was something there. And so now she's you know she's like well screw this. So she decides to work with Bond. And she ra- helps him raise up the, the uh, bomb, puts it on a car, uh, you know, a, a train cart, and tries to push it out of the mine. But we soon discover that, that the uh, the hand cart is not working. it's It keeps breaking. So she decides to sacrifice herself and uh, roll out, which, you know, kind of a really cool scene there as well. When you see her, you know, that, that complete change of character for her really yeah, quick. She had a Kylo moment. It oh, was way harder than a Kylo moment. <laughs> I would like say Kylo kind of moments. So, uh, so she dies in this massive explosion outside. And as Bond comes walking out, he sees Stacy, you know, running, yelling, "Oh, James, 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 don't do it, James!" So, uh, in the meantime, Zorn and his his doctor buddy and Scarpini, they've all hopped into this, you know, this uh, this blimp again, and they are flying around, and they see stacy running around so they swoop down and magically pick her up you gotta (laughs) love the one thing i gotta tell you about this through this whole thing any of these like special effect not special effects the stunt scenes they really did not cover the faces up that you can definitely tell like i mean through most of this um during the car chase at the eiffel tower if you remember that whoever was driving the car was not roger moore at all I said you to suspend yeah. your disbelief just this suspend. one was a little hard i'm sorry i especially being mid-80s movie this one was a little tough i was like come on you can hide those faces a little bit better they're they just didn't care i think i, I swear i found i thought i saw a mustache on uh on sonya roberts <laughs> i swear to god i thought I, think, I did i think you might be right Listen, I love my bad cheesy movies. All right, I'm all over the sci-fi shows, the the bad ones, the the, the snakes versus the the uh, the pythons versus the sharks or any of that crap. I love those. Those did better at hiding bad special effects, and you knew they were bad special effects than this movie did. You don't like giant ape versus Monster? all of them? I love them all. Again, this is a Bond movie supposed to be done. You know, massive you know budget. Just the special effects, not so good. Just I mean, saying, not waste, so good.
0: They wasted a little money getting Duran Duran to sing that song.
1: So. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, honestly, they could, should have called freaking Dolomite and they got him to, to direct. It. I bet you it would have been better.
0: They should have. He would have made it for like five dollars.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, so they are they in the uh, in the aircraft. Uh, of course, you know, like I said, Zoran picks up uh, picks up uh, Stacy. So uh, and as they're going away, Bond grabs one of the the mooring cables and. Proceeds to fly across in the again epic green stra- screens that they've always had across San Francisco. Uh, oh. At first, I thought he was going to run him into a building, which I thought was kind of like okay, yeah, crash him into a building. But you know, he completely bypasses San Francisco and rolls out into the bay and proceeds yeah, to head no. towards the Golden Gate Bridge, where he no. thinks that's going to knock Bond off again. Building a lot better than the Golden Gate Bridge. Building,
0: come on, man! You should go with the building, not the bridge. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why, 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 why'd you do that? That's not metal. So it's as, a, as a they're building.
1: doing, as they're doing it, Bond manages to moor the airship to the framework of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, Stacy attacks Zorn to, to save Bond, and and in the uh, fiasco, uh, she gets you know knocked out and you know jumped down with him. You know, again, I have a what is it? I don't even know what it is. Um the, the fear, fear of heights. I've got that. Whenever I watch movies nowadays, I definitely have that fear of heights, man. Because oh, I, I get like, you're, the, I,
0: you're not the only one, sir. Yeah. So when I, when I oh, watch this. I, I'm like, oof. I, I am terrified of heights. I'm just one of those guys. Yes, I have a not. I forget what it's called. Uh, height phobia. Whatever. You guys, look it
1: up. But yeah, I'm afraid. Of, I'm terrified of heights. Hate them. Hate them. Used to not be. I used to work in construction sites to walk on two by fours from from oh, building I'm from floor be, to yeah. floor. Never had a problem. As, as I got older, I'm scared of fucking heights now. So. But even when watching movies, I like my legs will get all like tingling. I'm like, oh okay, let's not do that can we adding <laughs> clowns Oof. uh so uh, so uh, again, like I was saying, Stacy flees and joins Bond out on the bridge, but Zoran follows him out with the axe and which again the classic classic walk you know, it's like that that crazy eyes as he's swinging the axe at him
0: he's fucking going after him with that axe that's kind of metal yeah man. that is <laughs> it's fucking early metal like go walk. Him. I, for, I totally forgot that scene when he had like, dude, no gun,
1: no, no freaking
0: sword, but an
1: axe. Yeah, decides to come out. So, uh, the ensuing fight between Zorn and Bond culminates with Zorn uh, falling and clinging on to the side of the building. And again, like I was saying, that 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 laugh—he's literally holding on for dear life and about ready to fall, and he's laughing.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, it's just like he doesn't care. It's just like just doesn't doesn't, it doesn't nothing's connecting with him. So he falls to his death. Uh, Mortner, the doctor, attempts to attack Bond with dynamite. Awesome idea. Grab a stick of dynamite, light it up, and chuck it. But Bond cuts the airship free, causing, uh, Morton to drop the dynamite. And then in the consuming, you know, the, the, the madness, uh, the, uh, the other henchmen and, and, uh, Morton are fighting over the dynamite, which blows up and kills himself and, you know, (laughs) Scarpini.
0: Why are they fighting?
1: Yeah. Just one of you pick it up and throw it out. Okay.
0: Yeah. Why are you fighting? You're like, yeah. why? You just one of you. you I'm going to
1: kick I'm it over there. to you. You throw it out. That's, yeah. yeah. Why are you fighting over dynamite? Teamwork makes the dream work, Teamwork, folks. Baby. Come on. There's no I in team. Yeah. So, uh, General Goggle wishes, uh, to award bond with the Order of Lenin for, uh, foiling Zorn's schemes. Of course, you know, the, the Russians are, you know, being friendly now, but M reports that, uh, he's missing. And we find at Stacy's home, Q sends the remote controlled surveillance robot in search of the residents, uh, residence, whereupon he discovers bond in the in the bathroom taking a shower with stacy and in a sort of poignant and meaningful way, Roger Moore throws in the towel, like I said, this was yeah. his last this was his I last didn't
0: bond that. I, I I was like, oh okay.
1: Yeah, uh, because even uh, Many Penny's last scene, she's in tears because she's having to leave. And, of course, Moore's last scene is Bond, has him literally throwing the towel.
0: That's it, he tapped out.
1: Yep, so that's where we end. of course, you know, then we pick up with the next Bond movie two years later with Mr. Dalton.
0: Yeah, Living Daylights.
1: I don't think it's on our list. Or is
0: it? No, Uh,
1: no. not. No, yeah, we still have two more movies to come, so.
0: We'll have to
1: I know. I know we. Well, I think we decided we were going to do a Dalton movie. So, uh.
0: Yeah, we're doing a Dalton movie. I don't know which one we're doing. Yeah. I think one of them is going to be review, and I think we're doing Craig as a watch
1: along. Yeah, Craig. <laughs> yeah. D- yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a Casino Royale. Woo! Yeah. Or, or was it Casino or were we doing. Uh, so, was it Casino? Ooh, I don't know. I think it was Casino. <laughs> I thought it was Casino, but. I think we should do Casino because again, it's the first technical book of the series, and it's for of course the first of his, you know, his beginning. Because right now we've done the first movie of, yeah, the first top. James Bond. Now we're doing the last movie of the second James Bond. So maybe we I should do the uh, last. Maybe we should do the first Dalton or the last Dalton. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Because I mean, you do have License to Kill, which is a pretty good movie. Sorry, cool, which is better, the Living Daylights? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of License to Kill than I, than I like I License to Kill as well. Mm-hmm. Even the Living Daylights had its moments, but that's the kills So guys, Which that is it. Fun. That is it for James Bond of You to a Kill.
0: uh it's a fun movie, not a great movie. So I'm gonna say this for the 80s guy and me, I give it five. Look at for the 80s guy and me, it's a five out of five. But if I had a judge it as a Bond movie, it sucks. I'm sorry. It like as a Bond film, it's like a one out of five straight
1: jacket. I'll give it a it's two. Tough. I, get, not, I at least give it a two because the um, only reason I give it that extra, there are a lot of iconic scenes. There's cool moments, yes. The, but the, like I said, the, they, the, yeah. But then again, it, just as soon as you get an iconic scene, you get a shit scene. You, know? <laughs> yeah, you
0: get like a shit ball scene.
1: Like, what the hell? Like the fire engine. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, you've got the great scene from you know, him chasing around the Eiffel Tower, the, you know shooting around there. But then it's followed up with the car scene. You know, you get the awesome scene with, you know, going across, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge, that final time on the Golden Gate Bridge. And yeah, just hit or miss all over the place. But I'll give it two just for the, some of the cool iconic moments. And then of course you throw in the song, which is still in my head. So. I'll sing that song.
0: When you dance into the fire, a fatal kiss. All right, guys. Well,
1: thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Make sure you do check us out for Heroes Asylum, uh, also Low Blows and Chair Shots, which is a wrestling show that the network does, or here, here at Heroes Asylum. And yes, we do have a network. We have almost five shows, about to be six. So make sure you guys do check out the the network, and uh, and you'll see uh, the midnight movies that we do here, the midnight watch alongs. We also do our Heroes Asylum and Low Blows and a few more chair shots. Yeah,
0: check out Twitter. Low, uh, I good. Was- Mm-hmm. Check out Twitter at Heroes Asylum of course, Podcast, Instagram at the Heroes Asylum Check out uh, Heroes Asylum movies and as always from Mike to me to you, We gotta go, bye <laughs>